0: In part 2 of our captivating podcast with Tamir SH Glass, we explored the profound impact of artificial intelligence on education and the future of work. Tamir's insights on AI's role in accelerating job changes and empowering teachers left us intrigued by the boundless possibilities of AI in shaping the next generation. Now, as we transition into part 3 of this thought-provoking conversation with Tamir, get ready to venture deeper into the AI frontier and its transformative potential. Tamir will delve into the critical need for collective intelligence to ensure AI is used ethically and safely, discover how AI can be an invaluable educational tool, and how coding will remain an essential skill for problem-solving and learning in the future. In this episode, we'll explore the challenges and opportunities presented by ICE integration into everyday tools and its impact on constructing mental models and understanding complex concepts. Tamir's insights and perspectives will empower you to embrace AI's potential and ensure it serves humanity's best interests. So, fasten your seatbelts for another enlightening conversation that will expand your understanding of AI's role in education and work card three promises to provide you with valuable insights into the exciting future of AI and its implications for knowledge and innovation. Don't miss out on this empowering episode with Tamir A. Class. Tune in now and embark on a transformative journey into the AI frontier. I see. Now that's a very compelling,
1: interesting view out there for parents because I came from the Singapore education system, but having worked overseas in Australia and America and even China, I have seen the parents in different countries, they, it's up to them to decide. Right? For Asian, no, it's up for the parents to decide. Coming back, what is your view on the future of artificial intelligence with reference to educating the next generation, especially kids? Yeah, yeah so, so AI is going to have a, a monumental effect
2: on education. The first one is that it just accelerates what I was talking about previously, the acceleration of how quickly jobs change. Because we've seen now, the, what chat GPT able to do and how it has not only replaced some jobs entirely, things like customer service, content creation. It's those, a lot of those jobs like BuzzFeed, for example, got rid of their entire team of content creators or an entire subset of their team because of, because of, it was just cheaper for them to have one person and use AI to, to be able to create the content that they needed. But then it also created all of these new jobs. Now, all of a sudden, this prompt engineer is a job that didn't exist six months ago, but someone who is able to communicate with these artificial intelligence systems to get the output that they want, to know how to tweak their words and ask for the right things. That is a new job that didn't exist six months ago. So that's one big effect it's going to have. The next one is going to be on just the way in which education is, is done. So one, kids are obviously going to need to learn how to use AI. So I think it's going to be an incredibly powerful tool of, so previously, like when I needed to learn something new or when people were learning something you'd Google it. If I wanted to learn a new programming language, I'll Google how to learn Java, how to learn C++. Yes. AI can now create like a customized lesson plan for you. This is how you can learn this thing and get very precise answers. So you need to learn how to actually use those tools. It will then also empower teachers. So a huge time suck for teachers is just assessment and grading and being able to create tests and then grade those tests. AI has the potential to save teachers thousands of hours and most of their time, like a lot of their time, in all honesty, teachers are spent on admin, not on teaching. Mm-hmm. And AI has real potential to free up that time to focus teachers on what they really should be doing and what they enjoy doing, which is interacting mm-hmm. and and inspiring kids. And the last one is that you just always have access to a 24-7 private tutor to answer, answer your questions. Like Khan Academy recently released a, chatbots along with their their math platform we're planning on introducing a coding chatbot for students to ask questions of coding at any point in time and so it will really democratize access to high quality education because everyone will have in a form
1: a kind of tutor at the touch of their fingertips all the time well it it sounds very exciting like you said now it creates a new types of jobs called prompt engineer and as well as you also mentioned education can be more personalized but let's look at also the cautious side of things like this just like being one or two weeks ago the entire Silicon Valley tech leaders actually band together and say oh this thing is really getting crazy like getting do you see there will be one day that the robots will take over you
2: there it's going to be a full full whole other can of worms that we're opening here right look I think in the short term it's certainly incredibly exciting and the potential is incredible for what it can do for teachers and students. Long-term, it's so hard to tackle. Because of the nature of exponential change and because of how little we actually know about these systems, I, I really don't know is the answer on, on what will happen in, in the long-term. There is certainly a lot of concern. I think Elon Musk, I think Steve Wozniak, co-founder of Apple, oversigned, signed the petition. I think their particular one at the moment, like the concern coming from them, is that it's too quick that the transition is going to be too violent and we don't have enough time to adapt to this stuff. So we need to slow down the rates of transition so that we get time to be like, okay, cool. So we're not diving into 2000 degree water immediately. So That's the one aspect. The other aspect, which is the much more existential threat, which is, is AI going to replace all jobs? Is AI going to be missile and um, go Terminator on us? Those are a different breed of questions, which I I don't I think is more common amongst. Actually, no, that's not necessarily not necessarily true. I recently um, listened to, forgot his full name, but he was on the Lex Friedman podcast, a very well established AI researcher, talking about the dangers of this. But that just paints a picture of the landscape of how society is reacting to it.
1: Yeah, I mean, like the one of the reason was about with as a parent or. As an educator, I think we are always wanting the best for our kids. And one of the concerns is misinformation. Uh, because right now, AI or chat GP doesn't have a moral conscience of its own. So whatever we feed, is, there's always a story. You feed the bad wolf, you become the bad wolf. You feed the good wolf. You become the good wolf. Like how do we actually, as humanity, actually put some safe real guts to ensure that the technology or AI is being serve, they used to serve human, serve kids, especially kids, because they're in any generation. What is your view on it? Look, I think
2: this points even more so to the fundamental importance of educating kids on this, right? Like, the the answers I don't know, that that I don't have the answer, but where there is the answer is in the collective intelligence of the human species. And as we learn and grapple with this problem, and the more people that are intimately involved and understand these problems, the more likely we are to come to a correct solution. So if we're able to get kids to start just being aware of the stuff and understand it, by the time they get older, they'll be more able to participate in politics, in the policy design, in the engineering that would be able to solve solve these problems. Having said that, I do think there are a few principles that could be applied to and safeguard against this. I think OpenAI, from what I've seen, is doing a good job in this, which is to make the algorithm and what's happening as open source as possible. Be as transparent as possible in regards to this. Try and get as many different perspectives from different cultures and society as possible. I think in a world where the access to this is more democratized, more people contribute to it, as opposed to a world where the power is highly centralized, controlled by a few people, that world, the the former world of one where it's more democratized, is far more likely to come up with a balanced ai and ai which is more accurate to reality yeah but it is a it's certainly a huge challenge
1: yeah it's a challenge that we want to know but like you said i think i'm aligned with you as well if it is very democratized technology human beings are able to have collective intelligence and ethical grounds to train the next generation now let's talk about another interesting view because ai has. Now, especially generative has created so many new jobs and of course it has a creative destruction and does eliminate some jobs because a lot of repetitive jobs is replaced by automation. And now, apart from training, educating people, the future of work is going uh, to place your view on the future of work tech people or with people using tech in the next 10 years with reference to preparing for the next generation. Yeah, so... I think similar
2: things of what we discussed of just how rapidly it, it's going to change. I, I like I really like this one analogy of because because this change is exponential. It is so difficult to predict what's going to happen in ten years because human beings have really bad intuitions when it comes to exponential growth. We're very used to seeing things on like a linear scale. To give a an example of this is imagine you had a lily pad on a pond, and every day this lily pad doubles in size. So on, let's say on day one, it's one centimeter across. Day two, it's two centimeters across. Day three, four centimeters, eight, etc., And keeps doubling like that. I, you probably know the answer to this. So it would be unfair to ask this question. But if you ask people this question, okay, on which day is this lily pad likely to cover of the lake, right? So it doubles every day. And so let's assume it takes 30 days for it to cover the whole lake. On which day, would it cover half of the lake? Most people by intuition are going to say, okay, if it takes 30 days to cover the full lake, it'll take 15 days to cover half the lake. But that is an exponential growth. When it will cover half the lake is on day 29, the day before. And that is usually a very mind-blowing realization to people. And so if we take that analogy to to work and the future of workers, it just shows how crazy it's going to become in regards to what the landscape of work is going to change. Having said that, I can speak to a few trends that I do think we can predict with reasonable confidence. One is that AI is going to be embedded in everyday tools. So we started seeing this already, it's Microsoft's Office Suites, it's Google Docs, but everything is just going to have an AI partner. You'll be using it on any tool from Google Meet to Zoom to... Your presentations, et cetera. You're always going to have some form of AI partner to hold your hand or assist you in the work that you're doing. I think no code or low code systems are going to become more and more mainstream, particularly like AI is another way you're starting to see. And there's a large group of people being like, is AI going to replace software engineers? And. I've started to see how AI can really empower no-code systems, which is how you build a software system in that a layman could do without necessarily needing to know how to code. Because now you can just communicate with the machine and in a very human way, do this, do that, do this. So those are going to just become more powerful and become more and more mainstream. Yeah, I think those are the two ways that AI is really going, or at least the two trends that I've been seeing when it comes
1: to AI. So. Probably along that line, it's interesting, like you mentioned, no code and low code system will, is gaining stream and we are seeing a lot of these co-pilots. So as a parent, why would they want to get their kids to learn coding? What's your view on that? Great question. So it, I think it's not at the
2: place. So first and foremost, AI is not nearly at the place where it's going to replace software engineers. Where it's, Where it is having an impact is on like the menial work that software engineers need to do, and it's acting as a huge productivity tool. But the large-scale systems thinking, AI is not yet capable of doing. So to design full applications and full systems, we're not there yet. A good example of this is if you look at, there's this website called LeetCode, which is a repository of these really challenging programming problems. GPT-4, the most recent AI model at at the time of, of this recording, Aces the ones that humans have already solved. So the hard ones that if there's an existing human solution to it, the really hard ones where it's, we don't, where there aren't many solutions available, AI completely flops. It's unable to solve, to solve those problems. And so there's certainly still a long way to go before we're looking at a massive shift within the world of, of software engineering. Having said that, I think there's two other aspects to look at this on why coding is still going to be an important skill. One is that AI is just going to create a different programming language. So instead of you needing to write Python, you're going to need to write AI to code a program, but you're still going to need to know how to write that. So if I put a software engineer in front of ET and say, use chat ET to build me a website, or if I put someone who's never written software and say, use chat ET to me a website, the software engineer is going to be 10x more productive and 10x better at knowing exactly what to ask and how to, how to make it work. Because what you need to do, what software engineering is doing at its core, is solving problems and writing very detailed specifications. When this happens, do that. When these things happen, do this. The way in which that logic is implemented at the moment is in Python. But as AI or any other programming language, as AI gets better and better, we're still going to need to specify that logic. But it's just going to be a more of a human readable text as opposed to, to programming. So programming is just going to evolve. It's not going to be replaced. The last one, and this is an interesting idea we haven't spoken about, talked about either the most important thing is learning how to learn. I see coding as becoming an incredibly powerful tool of learning how to learn other subjects. So in a similar way that reading um, in the early 20th century, became a prerequisite to all of existing schooling. Like all of our schooling depends on you needing to know how to read because that's how you then learn geography and history and all these other things. I foresee a future where coding becomes the equivalent of reading for needing to learn these things. The reason why that is is that coding provides an incredible interface to how we actually understand things. So there's a theory of learning called constructionism which was created by this guy called Simeon Papa, I'm probably butchering his name, back in like the 1980s or 70s, he was an MIT researcher. He was originally involved in what eventually became Lego. And his theory was that we don't consume, we don't learn by consuming knowledge or consuming information. We learn by building, we learn by constructing. And coding provides an incredible interface for us to create mental models of the world around us. Let's take like a physics example. Like if I want to understand the Newton's laws of motion. So like how if I throw a ball across the sky, yeah. how that ball is going to move. I could go ahead and learn the math the way that it's traditionally done and memorize these formulas. But a much deeper understanding will be given to me is if I code that. If I take the math and create a simulation that shows what the ball will do. And now I start playing around with the variables. I start saying, okay, let's make gravity 30 instead of 20. Let's make the ball three times as massive. And what you can then start to do is you play around with your knowledge. And where it doesn't work, it shows a flaw in your logic. It shows a flaw in your understanding. When you get an error in code, it means, okay, there's something I didn't understand here. And coding will then give us a way of getting instant real-time feedback on if the models that we have about the world are accurate or not. And that's going to be a huge tool or learning other subjects.
0: In part three of our captivating podcast with Tamir SH Glass, we explored the transformative power of coding and computational thinking in the world of AI and robotics. Tamir and Andrew you delve into the significance of coding for building complex systems, problem solving, and fostering a love of learning. Their insights left us inspired to embrace coding as a gateway to limitless opportunities. But our exploration doesn't end here. As we transition into part four of this enlightening conversation with Tamir, get ready to dive deeper into the exciting world of AI and robotics through coding. Tamir will share invaluable advice for fresh graduates looking to stand out in the tech industry and how to equip children with essential skills for the future through engaging coding education. In this episode, we'll uncover the secrets to thriving in the tech industry, the power of instilling a love of learning in children, and the transformative impact of coding education. Tamir's mission to revolutionize education will inspire you to embrace coding as a tool for problem solving and unlocking your full potential. So fasten your seat belts for another enlightening conversation that will propel you towards a future of knowledge and innovation. Part 4 promises to provide you with practical strategies and valuable insights for navigating the dynamic world of AI and robotics through coding. Don't miss out on this empowering episode with Tamir Sage class. Hi guys, thanks for listening to this podcast. If this is the first time you are tuning in, remember to subscribe to this show. If you have subscribed to this show and love this episode, please share it with your friends, family and acquaintances. See you later and see you soon.